Hey, this is Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. We are joined by VEASAN's Stormy Tony. a full breakdown of the college football season as only Vegas could provide. That is Guaranteed Money. Gets rolling. Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. Great to have you in. It's great to say the words college football, to be quite honest with you. I've been waiting for this for so long. We've talked baseball. We've talked basketball. Hell, we've talked you know, ping pong and hockey, you name it. We've been doing it all since this show began, but finally we get to have some deep conversations about the world of football. Uh, the 2022 VEASAN College Football Betting Guide. The folks, the experts have been hard at work this summer, putting it all together, team previews, predictions, all 131 FBS teams are covered off. Our friend Stormy Buonantoni from VEASAN, the sports betting network down in Las Vegas, is here uh, to talk all about it. Great to have you back on the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me again. And, I mean, hey, if you want to talk a little cornhole or, you know, spike ball, <laughs> anything like that, I'll see what I can do. But, no, it is football season. It is here. This is the best time of year. Uh, and I'm at Circa Sportsbook right now, which is like the best place to watch a game and do anything. So I'm just on cloud nine that we're finally to this point. Yeah. What is the vibe like? Because you are in the Mecca. Circa is now the Mecca of sports betting, uh, you know, football season. I know they've got all sorts of wild contests, all sorts of things people want to enter. Give us a sense of what the vibe's like right now. I mean, it's the best place in the world to work. No complaining. Absolutely. It's the biggest sports book. It's the biggest screen. It's the biggest and best everything that they do here at Circa, including the contest, which now between Circa Survivor and the Million, which for anybody that might not know, the Survivor contest is you pick one game a week. They just have to win the game for you to stay alive every single week. And if, if you lose, then you're knocked out. Um, and the the contest itself, the side contest, is you pick five games against the spread every single week, and whoever has the best record at the end of everything wins the big payout. And there are um, you know quarterlies, midway points. There's even a booby prize for whoever has the worst record <laughs> throughout. Um, so it's a ton of fun. And I mean, between the two contests, twelve million dollars in guaranteed money. So if if you're thinking that this is your year when it comes to the NFL, like get down here to Circa, submit your entry, because even if you don't live here in Nevada or in Las Vegas, you can still have a proxy service submit your picks right. for you as long as you're in person that first day to, to get your entries. It's awesome here. Now, we've been doing a lot, and I know the folks at VEASAN do this as well, to try to educate people, you know, and have them understand handicapping a little bit more, because there's a lot of new people. There's a lot of new people in the space. The more, the merrier. Uh, but, you know, when you talk about college football, I always look at it as a very sort of intimidating thing if you're on the outside looking in. There are a lot of games. There are a lot of teams. This isn't, you know, the, the NFL with the 32 teams. You know each Sunday you're going to get these kind of matchups, and you've seen sort of that dance before. When you go into the world of handicapping college football, where do you begin and where do you start? So for me personally, I have always found it really helpful to like pick a league, you know, pick pick a league that you like watching that maybe not everybody else is given as much attention to to see where you can find an edge, find a specialization, find out what you're good at. Maybe you're better at betting totals or money lines instead of the spread, whatever it is find your thing. A lot of people are really good at finding alternate ways to bet games too. And that's another great thing that about this college football betting guide um, is even for somebody, if you're just a little bit hesitant of figuring out, Hey, I've never handicapped a game before. What do I do? Um, Adam Burke, one of our experts in there actually does a write out for, Hey, here's how to start handicapping games. Here are the things that you need to look at. And it's kind of it's the how-to process of the things you need to do. But like I said, for me personally, there are a couple of leagues I for ESPN 
cover the Pac-12 a good bit. So I feel like, especially for preseason, when we look at some of these futures before the, the zero week actually gets going here, I feel like I have a really, really good understanding of the league because I've been around it so much the last couple of years sure. in person with a lot of those coaches and stuff. And for futures, it's okay because nobody knows what's going to happen, right? And then previously as well, uh, you know, I'm a San Diego State Aztec. I was born and raised here in Las Vegas. Love UNLV. The Mountain West is a group of five conference that goes a little bit under the radar. People don't pay as much attention to the little guy. And I absolutely love diving into Mountain West numbers and who do I think is going to exceed expectations this year. I also think another thing that's interesting for betters to look at is we all want to talk about Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia and Clemson and these huge programs. But because those programs are so massive, everybody knows everything about them, right? So sometimes yeah. it's good to look a little bit farther down a conference and, hey, look at a team that's over under for their season win total is set at about three and a half games. You're like, three games? Who can't win more than that, right? And see if maybe <laughs> you can find find an edge of actually this team has 14 returning starters. They've got their quarterback back. They've got consistent coaching, things like that that can help you kind of get that opportunity and, and make it a little bit easier on yourself because, like you said, there are 131 teams. There's a lot. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because I mentioned on the podcast, I think it was yesterday, when you, know, you look at the University of Nevada, not UNLV, but the University of Nevada, the Wolfpack. I mean, they're a team that they don't ha they're decimated i mean they don't have hardly anybody coming back this is going to be a team look at all that, of the transfers they brought in it's yeah. basically just a team of transfers which is kind of you know you how is that going to mesh in the first couple of days you first couple of weeks you got to think to yourself you know is this a team that's capable of getting over three and a half wins i'm not so sure they are it's yeah that's that's a great example especially even looking at that very first game that they play of the season i believe it's against new mexico state and they're it like is. a nine and a half or a ten point favorite but i might look to take new mexico state plus the points it's gone down a good bit i think it was a little bit higher because people are agreeing they're like hey this nevada team's got a full rebuild essentially right now they don't have carson strong they've got a new head coach what's their outlook really gonna be we just don't know yet, but that's that's a great example, absolutely. Well, and it's interesting you mentioned that because that's actually one of my best picks for the start of the season is New Mexico State plus the points. I got them at 10.5, which I feel very fortunate. I think Coach Kill is going to have yep. an interesting time with that team. And, you know, Nevada, they, they're switching from the air raid to probably more of a run game. They're going to play it a little safer with the personnel they brought in. I, I love it. I'm lapping up those points like a cat with milk. <laughs> I love it, too. And, you know, another one while we're on Mountain West, might as well go to it. Uh, my alma mater, San Diego State, they're over-unders at seven and a half. And this is a team I feel like nobody is really looking to to have success this year because they lost so much from their roster a year ago. But I do not look at it that way at all. Like, I truly think the Virginia Tech transfer they have at quarterback is going to come in going to have success their running back room even without greg bell you've got chance bell no relation uh jordan bird in the backfield uh they made really good use of the transfer portal made upgrades on the offensive and defensive line defense has been the foundation of that program for decades now they're going to continue to have success there um i think they're a little bit underrated honestly so i like the over there i i don't think that they're going to have you know, a 12-win season and a division title like they had last year, but you're giving me seven and a half for a team that's coaching staff is consistent and they always seem to find a way to exceed expectations. I'm absolutely going over that number. 
How important is it? Because I've, I've talked about this before as we've, we've sort of led up to the season, because I believe in looking at the smaller conferences. And we've talked a little bit about the Mountain West, but there are many other ones out there. I think if you're a novice better, the the easy thing to do is look at the big the big conferences, to mm-hmm. look at the SEC, to look at the Big Ten and say, OK, well, you know, I'm going to watch the TV games here. You know, I've talked a lot about shading the line and how bookmakers shade the line when it comes to those big name teams. And, and you know, you're not getting that value because they know the public is going to you know take to that no matter what. I always tell people, you know, you know, pick a conference to watch that's one of the bigger mm-hmm. ones, but maybe pick a couple of medium-sized to smaller yeah. conferences where you can really hone in and be a conference expert. Yeah, I think that that's a tremendous idea, and you should. And especially just like as a college football fan, you want to be watching the big games. You want to have some action on them, so it makes sense to be in the know of what's going on there. But I definitely think, like, I know some people who, like, are all about the MAC. Like, that is all they care about. They are diving into the MAC numbers week in and week out. And that's an interesting league, too. Like, that's not personally my expertise, but that always has parity at the top. So there's a yeah. lot more value when it comes to picking a conference champion. They haven't had a repeat winner, I want to say, in like a decade. And Northern Illinois, I know, is um, the defending champion of the MAC. And they're like fourth on the odds board to repeat as champion despite having a ton of returning talent back and a lot of consistency, like I said, which are things you tend to look for, they're fourth on the odds board to win the title um, just because there's so much parity in that league and you never really know what you're going to get. So there's more value in a, in a conference like that. When it, gets to the, when it gets to the big dogs, I look at the SEC and I think Alabama this time around, and maybe this is me going out on a weird hot take limb. I don't know. You can tell me, put me in my place. I'm cool with that. Uh, I love this Arkansas team and what they bring back. I, I love the, the core of their running game that they've brought back. I think it looks phenomenal. I think KJ Jefferson, I put a future on him today to, bet, to win the Heisman at plus 5,000. You're either smiling in pity or you're smiling because you agree with me. Which one is it? You are my favorite person right now. I'm so <laughs> high on the Arkansas Razorbacks. <laughs> I like the buy-in that Sam Pittman has gotten since he took over that program is incredible. He's one of my absolute favorite coaches in college football. If you have KJ Jefferson on the field, period, you have a chance to win. That kid is so special. Uh, yes. So I know that they lost some really good pieces that are in the draft. They're playing in the NFL now, but I am so high on this Arkansas team. I think they're going over their win total. I think they're going to exceed expectations. I think they're going to be competitive in the conference. So uh, there's Sean King here at our network. He and I have a cigar, a cigar bet. We're going toe to toe. He thinks the Kentucky (laughs) Wildcats are going to be the dark horse in the conference to contend. And I say, Oh no, buddy, I'm not trusting Will Levis drinking mayonnaise in his coffee and eating bananas with the peel on it. I am going all things KJ Jefferson in Arkansas. Excellent. And I think there's huge value on the kid. You know, last year I had um, CJ Stroud for the Heisman. I took him early, obviously didn't get across the finish line. But now look at this year, you've got him as the favorite to win the Heisman. So things do come around if you're eyeing a good player and you've got, you know, a good look at somebody. Well, and, you know, the Heisman is such an interesting market to me um, because look, look at last year, what that preseason market was like of the top 10 players in last year's preseason odds. Three of them lost their starting jobs. Two got hurt. The others, aside from Matt Corral, just largely underperformed because you had DJ Uyunglele, Sam Howell, 
uh, Derek King, who ended up having ACL and, and shoulder surgery. Keaton Slovis, who? Yes, Keaton Slovis <laughs> and, and Jackson Dart, neither of which are at USC anymore. But it's just really interesting. It's that rotating door. Obviously, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young were still among those candidates as well. Bryce Young got over the finish line. CJ Stroud, your favorite this year. But there is a lot of, you know, runway for who could ultimately win that if there is an injury or those freak things happen. Yes, C.J. Stroud should lead an incredibly explosive offense with Ohio State. They look to be so fun to watch. But what happens if something happens to C.J. Stroud? We don't. We just don't know that. That's the beauty of college football and the pain of it is the unknown. I actually like a long shot uh, at 80-1, to 1, Cam Rising of the Utah Utes. Now, you're hot on Utah from what I hear. I can't help it. I can't help it. <laughs> what is it that you I see in him them. and them? So much. Um, I truly think that if there is a Pac-12 team that is going to make the college football playoff for the first time, it's going to be the Utah Utes. I, I, everything about them screams success for me this year. Um, so much hype and talk is about USC – because Lincoln Riley's coming in and because Caleb Williams is coming in. Caleb Williams is third on the odds board for the Heisman Trophy, and that just is absurd to me. Do not waste your money on that pick because USC is not going to win more than eight games. I'm sorry. Oof. That's another tangent. That's another story for another day. I like it. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to Utah, Cam Rising was not named the starter at the beginning of last year. Utah started the season one and two. He earned the job after playing San Diego State and Utah proceeds to go 9-1, and one, including two dominant wins over Oregon when they were ranked in the top 10 um, up until that three-point loss in Pasadena to, of course, Ohio State. There we go. Um, but he had nearly 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, and just five picks as a starter. He's only going to get more trust and increase the offense productivity, which they were averaging 38 points per game with him as the quarterback. You've got Tavion Thomas at running back. Five of his six wide receivers are back. That offense is going to be so solid. And what are what's Utah known for historically is defense. And Kyle yep. Whittingham and Morgan Scally leading a defense. They took a step back last year. I think they take a step forward in that area because they don't want what happened to Ohio State in that Rose Bowl to happen again. I, I love Utah. I love Cam Rising. I think they're poised for a really special year. Now, we've talked a lot about Ohio State. I want to talk a little bit about the beginning of the season because it's, I don't want to say it's out of the ordinary to have such big games so early, but it will really set the table. And I don't think it gets any bigger. I mean, maybe a couple games here or there, but Notre Dame, Ohio State off the top is pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> My dad's going to that game and I'm so jealous in the horseshoe. Wow. And meanwhile, I'm going to be out it. I mean, not, I'm not complaining. I'm very fortunate <laughs> for my job, but like, I would love to go just be in that environment, even if Notre Dame gets it handed to them, but I'm going to be out at uh, Oregon state actually in Corvallis, Boise state, Oregon state, which I think is going to be an exciting game. Um, don't ask me a lot of questions yet. I have to dive into my research when it comes Fair to that enough. game, but I'm very, very, very excited about it. Cause it is that mountain West pac 12 connection and two teams that, um, you know, Oregon State, I think, could be a dark horse in the Pac-12 as well. And Boise State always has lost the expectations and they're coming off of a bad year. I digress. Notre Dame, Ohio State, pumped for the game. And I feel terrible saying it because I am a fighting Irish fan, born and bred, obsessed with the Golden Domers, touchdown Jesus, prayers up to you, my friend. But <laughs> I think Ohio State's going to crush them. 
I'm not betting the game. I'm not laying 14 and a half points, but I think it could be ugly for my guys. And it makes me really sad, especially because like, I love Marcus Freeman. I love what they're building over there. I just think that Ohio state is head and shoulders above just about anybody in the country with the exception of Alabama. But could you imagine, and I'm an Irish fan as well. My old man had a tattoo of the fighting Irish guy on his arm. Uh, you know, it was it's a family thing for sure. But could you imagine they do pull that upset? That changes oh. the entire complexion of college football in week one. Absolutely. Which is what makes the sport so dang fun. It would be incredible. And I will say something um, that was really important for Notre Dame, and I'm sure you would agree, is that they were able to maintain Tommy Reese as the offensive yes. coordinator. They kept those important pieces of the staff together. We know what a brilliant defensive mind Marcus Freeman is. We know the buy-in that he has from those players. Obviously, things didn't go the way that we would have liked uh, last year come bowl, bowl season time. <laughs> but I, I think that this team does have success this year. I think they do well. There's reason for optimism. I just have a lot of trouble getting on board week one. We know who I'll be rooting for, which is why I can't bet the game. Yeah, and that's fair. And, you know, I always say that to people. Don't bet with your your heart. Bet with your head. That's why I never put any money on the Buffalo Bills, despite their uh, their latest resurgence to greatness. So you'll never get any of my cash on them, but you get a lot of my love. That's just kind of the way I roll. Uh, obviously, Brian Kelly, big part of this entire narrative when it comes to going down to the bayou. How do you see that that kind of shaping up? Um, I think that they're going to go over their win total. Um, if As long as he just stops trying to do that accent, I think things will go a lot cleaner for, for Brian Kelly out there. But he's a proven winner, right? He's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history for a reason. He's had success at every stop that he has had as a coach for a reason. And so I don't think LSU is going to be any different. Uh, I know that this roster isn't, you know, the best that he's ever had or will have at LSU. The beauty of being out there is that he's going to get incredible recruits year in and year out. That's just what the SEC does. Um, obviously, he took the payday. He did what he did. He's a little bit of an odd character. But again, he's a proven winner. And I do like LSU to, to go over their win total this year and just continue to build on it in the coming seasons. Let's get into the VEASAN College Football Betting Guide. And first of all, where people can find it. And second, what will people learn from it? Because, you know, it's I've looked it over. It's stacked. It's got so much great information. And that's what I say to everybody. I say, you know, and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe this isn't the way you do it. I create my own power rankings usually at the end of July. I don't look at the lines usually till the beginning of August. That's when I go through the injury reports, who's been suspended, uh, what kind of personnel are we going to be looking at week one, week two, week three, week four. I assign my own spreads and then kind of compare and contrast. This is the information yeah. I kind of predicate all of that, inf all of that uh, research on. Yeah, that's what's so brilliant about the guide because there's, there's so many different facets of it. Um, like we said off the top, they preview all 131 teams. And it's not like Alabama and Georgia get two pages, three pages, and New Mexico State gets a half a page. That's not how it works. Every single team has a full two-page breakdown they're giving you analysis on returning starters, um, the production that they lost from what positions, uh, over under recommendations on their season totals, on conference totals, playoff predictions. Like I said off the top, the power ratings that Steve Mackinnon puts in there initially and Adam Burke does a write-up for newcomers to kind of understand of how to create those values yourself. He also has, which I think is fantastic information, what is the real value of home field? Because 
typically we just think, oh, home field, three points. That's just points, what yeah. we naturally ingrained, we put in there. And that's not necessarily the case. And there are different places where it is 100% worth three points. And there are some venues and some teams where it's worth one if you're lucky. And he does a really good breakdown and comparison of what's important to look at um, home or away, the type of game. Is it a whiteout game? Because yes, that might be a great thing for Penn State at home, but that's also going to rev up the juices for the opposing team as well. So is it really worth the, th the full three points? And he compares how to take your power rating and your handicap, which are different things, and kind of put them together, which I, I just think that they did a really, really great job breaking down so many things, so many different ways that you can bet and get prepared for the season. And it is a must-get, in my opinion. And you said where to get it, vcin.com slash subscribe. You have to become an all-access subscriber this year um, in order to get the guide, which you get the college football guide, but you also get our pro football betting guide, which is going to come out here in just a couple of weeks, which equally is, valu is valuable. They put so much time and effort and resources into creating this thing. All of our experts for college football and NFL are contributing to this bad boy. It's awesome. Um, but you can do the full year right off the hop, or you can do the monthly $40 a month to get all access to everything that we do. Stormy, we got to have you back. I hope you, you come back on the podcast as many times as you can during the, the college football season because we love to have you on it. Ah, oh, appreciate you. You're the best. Yeah, anytime. Just call me up. I'm your girl. Thank you so much, Stormy Bonantoni from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Of course, you've been listening to the Guaranteed Money Podcast. It's always great to have Stormy Bonantoni on the show from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Check out their college football just the the most massive preview, an information sandwich from end to end. Be sure to check that out. I promise you some picks of my own for the college football season to end the podcast today. And, of course, we will do that. We start with UTEP, Texas El Paso versus North Texas. And when you look at UTEP, they're not going to be a fancy team, but they will be an effective team. Strong offensive front. It's going to help them pound away. They're running backs. They're deep. They're good. They've got three all-stars returning to the O-line and a veteran quarterback who's going to keep pushing that ball downfield against the North Texas secondary that there isn't much about. There's not a lot of fanfare about them. They've also got UTEP does a good linebacking core, one of the best linebackers in the conference. Give me UTEP over North Texas on the money line at minus 105. Let's turn to North Charlotte and Florida Atlantic. I like Florida Atlantic here, even with some of the transfer portal help that Charlotte has received. They're going to have their work cut out for them. This is a UFA team that has shown a great deal of balance last year with a defense that was able to stop the run effectively. They've got four starters back on the offensive line. That's going to be a dominant factor in Florida Atlantic winning this game and covering the seven and a half points. Finally, let's turn to the ACC where Louisville plays Syracuse. The Cardinals have beaten Syracuse by a combined score of 127 to 27 in the last three games, which feels like Louisville should be the pick here. But not so fast. Syracuse brings back 80% of their production from last year, which is good enough to rank 11th in the country. Conference games, they tend to start a little tricky for most teams. Some rust getting blown off. Give me Syracuse getting three and a half at home. That's guaranteed money for the week. Great to talk to you. Hopefully you've got some winning tickets.